In 2019, we had the privilege and honor of having Wanda Faust from Newfoundland. Uh, her ministry is called Linking Hearts. And when you think about that, what we're all about is linking our hearts with one another and also connecting and linking our hearts to the Lord. So her ministry, Linking Hearts, is really all about that. It's about linking the hearts of people with the Father and linking together as his family. And she came and ministered to us. She gave us a word. Uh, we were at the YMCA, uh, what was it called? I don't remember, but it was a YMCA campground. And uh, at that time, she ministered beautifully. She gave us a word as a church. How many remember it? Happy church, right? And she said that the Lord is preparing you to be one of the happiest churches on earth. And uh, sometimes I doubt that, to be honest, because of some of the challenges that we face. But most of the time, I think she was bang on. The Lord is preparing us to be a happy church. And uh, like I said, last time as we were both heading back from Korea, she got stuck in Toronto and she texted me, and I connected her with Salpi and Silva, and they went and did the shopping thing here in Toronto. And uh, <laughs> they have uh, the adventures that they have. And then I was hoping that she would be stuck here a little bit longer so that I would see her. But as I was landing Saturday, she was taking off to head back to Newfoundland. So we missed her at that time. But the Lord answered our prayers and got her stuck here one more time. Uh, she was actually away on vacation with another good friend of ours, Danielle Bloom, and uh, they finished two weeks on cruise ships and didn't do anything, but she'll tell you about that. They didn't do anything. They didn't get off the boats. They didn't do anything. They just relaxed and I'm jealous. <laughs> Not really. I'm glad for you. But uh, Wanda is, uh, is an, amazing, an amazing mother, and uh, I don't mean just as a mom to her children, but also a mom to many, many different people across the world. And uh, Elahe, I know that she touched you and your family tremendously. Uh, I believe, Elham, you're on here. And uh, so I'm sorry you're going to miss Wanda in person. But those of you who have the opportunity after the service, connect with her. Uh, we're going to grab a quick lunch afterwards and then head to the airport. She's got to be there by four, so we're not going to keep her here too long. But uh, take opportunity to get to see her, to talk to her. Wanda, I am so honored to be called your brother. And uh, we have a lot of fun together when uh, Silva and I, or my, me alone, get to travel with you. She actually mothers me in the sense that she calls me up. She goes, have you booked your ticket yet? And she walks me through as to how to get good economical flights and uh, make sure that I'm on the right track. So I feel honored. Wanda, it's such a privilege to have you here with us. And would you come up here and let's just pray for you. And uh, this is home for you. Yes, it is. Thank you so much. So the mic is yours. Feel total freedom to release what the Lord has put on your heart. We receive you. We receive what the Lord has got there. And bless you. It's so good to see everyone. I'm dressed for winter. <laughs> I couldn't find my long pants when I was getting off the ship, so I phoned, I text home, I said, greet me at the airport with long pants. Little did I know I'd be three days in Toronto, but that's okay. It's so good to see you all, and new faces, and familiar faces, and yeah, 
I do feel home here. Uh, Silva and Hanny are more than friends or family and uh, love them dearly. I, I think I know a lot about them and they know a lot about me that other people don't know. <laughs> and that's a true friend when you found a safe place where you can open your heart and be real and uh, know that you're not going to be judged but loved and encouraged and strengthened. So how's Happy Church doing today? I got a scripture for you. How's that? Uh, let's go. Oh, I'm not, you know what? I'm old-fashioned. I like paper notes, and I'm working with my phone right now. In James 1, verse 2, it says... Consider it pure joy. Pure joy. Whenever you face trials of many kinds. You know, the happiest people I know are the people who've gone through hell and back again the ones who've had to face the worst circumstances in their life and they found beyond their own human strength a God who carried them, gave them peace, gave them strength. It's not nice going through hard times. It's terrible time if you don't have God. Even when you have God, Sometimes it can be very, very hard. I don't know how COVID was with you guys, but for me, it was hard. I love being with people. My home, actually, I'm single. I, hi, everybody. Hi. It's so good to see you. Oh, hi. <laughs> I can see you all down there, but you're up there. <laughs> oh, your beautiful faces. I can't kiss you there, but I can kiss you here. Okay, I'm going back. Okay, uh, COVID was really, really hard for me because for almost three months... I actually did not have someone closer to me. You know, I was living in my house by myself. My grandkids and my children would come and they'd wave to me through the window because they were still, they were essential workers and they had to work and they didn't want to expose me. And it was really hard, three months by myself. But what I found in them three months was God in a deeper way. I never knew the God who would be with me during COVID. I knew the God who took me through cancer. I knew the God who took me through childbirth. I knew that God well. You know, you find a part of God that you never knew when you go through hard times. Does that make sense? You know, you, it's all of a sudden, the God that's present in cancer becomes a God different than the God who's there when you're bringing forth a baby 
in childbirth. And so during COVID, many nights I would lie in bed and I would just say, just hold me. Just hold me, God. And I could feel his presence. During COVID and, and now uh, we've come through it, I'm still getting a lot of telephone calls of people that are going through really, really hard times. And you have to know me that I do have faith. I know that God is able. He's healed me through cancer. He's brought me through house fires. He, he, uh, you know, I was on my deathbed with acute pancreatitis. He healed me, restored me. Like once you go through those circumstances, you have faith where he's healed and comforted you. Now you have the faith to believe that he will heal and comfort others who go through similar trials. So I have faith to believe. But I'm being hit with some really, really hard cases right now. A 38-year-old Inuit girl was diagnosed with sarcoma, which is a very serious cancer. And she was diagnosed in early or middle of December. And some of you may know uh, Lenora and Michael Ward. I believe they attended this church for a while. Uh, Lenora had taken this girl under her wing when they were stationed in Goose Bay. And this young girl is amazing. She is the head of the um, Development Commission for the Inuit people of Canada. She has a brilliant mind. She's not a drinker. She's a, a woman who really wants to see the Inuit's people touched and changed you know, by God. And so for her to be hit with this is really serious. So when they came, Lenora and Michael stayed with me, and of course they spoke so lovingly and fondly of uh, Silva and Hanny and this church and how it was a, a real healing time. They came to this church, I think for a year, was that right? And they were so impacted by your love. They they even said, we don't know where we'd be today if we didn't go to the well and be with Hanny and Silva and the church. So I think I'm speaking on behalf of them saying thank you. But now they're stepping into great things as well. Anyway, uh, they flew down instantly because this young girl is like a daughter to uh, Lenora. And we went to see her and she had only just been diagnosed two weeks before. And so when we got there, uh, the chief from Sheshashi uh, uh, and many of her relatives had flown in from the north to be with her. And we became family with them. And we prayed with her. And I still have the faith to believe she's going to be healed. But every week, her diagnosis gets worse and worse and worse and worse. She's lost all her hair now and, and the... Cancer has grown so much, it's stopped her from able to be able to, um, she has to go her kidneys, and she, she can't go to the bathroom anymore. She has machines and everything all hooked up to her, so it really looks bad. I'm going to go home now. Lenore and Michael are flying in tonight, so remember her, Mary Jeanette, in prayer. And while we were on the cruise, a really dear friend of ours took sick, and we've discovered he has cancer and all over his body 
And to the point from the time we landed in Florida to now, he's actually put in um, a special care, what's it, palliative care? You know, where they, it's kind of the last place where they'll put you, where they'll give you painkillers to help you in the last days of your life. So I've been in a, a place with God, saying, God, I... I have faith to believe that they, you know, that you can heal them. But I know that both of them love you dearly and there's a better place for them. So there's that fine line. But I don't want to let go of them being healed. Right to the last breath, I will believe and trust God for it. So I'm asking God to dive me deeper into faith, into believing. And I... I don't know if there's circumstances or things that is going on in your life where you're kind of at that place saying, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Give me more strength to believe or more faith to believe. And it says in the word of God, if you lack faith, ask for it. If you lack faith, ask for it. So I'm in that place where I'm saying, God, I need more faith. I have more, I need more faith. It's interesting, uh, uh, Tom is part of Remy and Femi's church. She's one of his elders there. And uh, one of the girls keeps writing on the WhatsApp, and I'm just reading her prayers, and just her prayers alone are giving me faith. You know, like we have to be there for one another. In January, January 1st, the Lord always gives me a word. And I mean a word. Not like a long paragraph, one word, one word. And this year, at, right at midnight, I said, okay, God, you've got a word for me. And shoo, there it was, kindness. I thought, wow, kindness, okay. And what happens when I get that one word? It grows. Like first, I've got to look up the meaning of it. I've got to find if there's any scriptures related to kindness. And, and then I have to put action to it. See, what would you rather be called? Would you rather be called nice or kind? Kind, yeah. I've discovered that when people are going through hard times, that's when kindness needs to step in. And that's the lesson that God is teaching me through all of these circumstances is kindness. When Michael and Lenora phoned me, well, I, let me just go back a little bit. I myself haven't been all that well. Uh, with COVID, I got hit with some liver problems and a few other things, and I've been endlessly going back forth to doctors, trying to find out why everything is out of whack in my system. And so for me to have people come and stay at my house, normally they're spoiled rotten. They get everything cooked for them. I won't let them wash dishes, and everything is enjoy, relax, this is your time for, you know, a sabbatical for you. But to have people come to my house in the condition I am now, it's almost painful to me 
that I can't cook them big meals, or I can't always get up after a meal and wash all the dishes, or things like that. But this word came, kindness, and when Lenore and Michael said, you know, we need a place to stay, I said, my home is yours. But I said, it's going to be hard for me to cook a few meals, but, you know, together we'll do it. And they came, and the glory of God just filled the house. The glory of God went to us to the hotel when we were with all the Inuit people. They've, they, the presence of God. My kindness to them opened a door for them to come because it's very expensive for them to stay in Newfoundland. It was a simple act, but yet I knew that I had to go beyond my own strength. Sometimes being kind it's not because you feel like it. Sometimes being kind is to going beyond your own strength and saying, God, give me strength. I need to be kind to this person. See, kind, being nice is just being nice. Kindness is a movement. If you want to be kind, it moves things. It moves things. And so now my home is available to the whole north, the Inuit community of Sheshashi. I've given them I, my vehicle. I've told them my house is there for you. And they know that that's available to them. Now, not everybody can do that, but that's something I can do. And then shortly after that, some university students came back from England. They needed everything from blankets to pillows to pots to pans to groceries, everything. So in the middle of Michael and Lenore, all the, these two England students from England, I was able to take them in my van and get them to do things. Don't look at me as being wonderful because that, that's something that we should do. If there's somebody in need and you know that you can help them, you should do it. But the funny thing is, the more kindness I showed, the stronger I got. It was such a joy to be able to help. It was such a joy to see that the pressure upon them had been lifted. It was such a joy to know that together we could do it. I, I think, I, I know I promised Tanny and Silva when they came to Newfoundland I'd spoil them rotten. No, when you come, you're going to help me cook and do the dishes. <laughs> anyway, she's got to cook for me anyway. She doesn't know that, but I've already planned it, her good cooking. But there's something about being kind. It takes the focus off of yourself. It releases the love of God that's in you into others. Now you have to realize kindness is not just a movement of you helping somebody. The majority of time when you go beyond yourself and the people know that and you help them, it ignites something in them to be kind to somebody else. It's, it's like a fire that spreads. Like it's through the kindness and mercy of God that we have been forgiven. Now, there's something that I had to learn. 
In order to be kind to others, I had to find how to be kind to myself. Why did I take a three-week vacation? Because I'm exhausted. And I realized, Wanda, if you don't take care of yourself, if you're not kind to yourself, you're not going to be much good to others. You have to be kind to yourself. If you're not kind to yourself, chances are you're going to be stressed out, you're going to be tired, and when somebody needs you, you're going to think, I just can't do it. You've got to remember this. This is so important. It's like Hanny and Silva said, have you got a word for this morning? I said, well, I'm in a process right now. God is teaching me some new things about my faith and how to help others who are in need. When I go see Mary Jeanette, and she's now in a, a much different state she was, than she was two months ago or a month and a half ago, I feel in my heart all she's going to need really is for me to gently stroke her arm, to love her, to tell her we're, I'm believing with her, probably bring her some homemade soup. She'll remember that. When I talk about kindness, I'm not talking about moving the world. I remember much easier someone who's done something kind out of their heart than someone who feels obligated to help. You know, when I came here, I felt that this church, and I still believe it's the same thing, that this is going to be marked as one of the happiest churches in all of Canada, and people are going to be drawn here. But I sense that You've been through a few trials since I was here in 2019. That you've had to kind of find your footing when it felt like the carpet was pulled out from underneath you and you'd fallen flat on your back. But yet you've dug into God and you found him and, and he's helped you through it. I feel there's testimony upon testimony here of how God's been with you. He's never left you. His grace and his mercy has followed you. Like it says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of life. So as you're walking along, there's surely goodness and mercy. It's not going to leave you. It's following you all the days of your life. Surely goodness. There's the goodness and mercy of God. There's the goodness and mercy of God. By the way, with you going away, you said you don't qualify. I'm just, this is like a commercial in between what I'm talking about. Um, I, I'm involved with Watchmen, and David Damien asked me to be uh, the leader of prayer for the whole world, for the Global Prayer Watchmen movement. And I prayed about it, and I went back to him, and I said, David, thank you for asking me, but I don't qualify, and there's people who could do a much better job, and I'll serve them 100%. He laughed at me, and he said, Wanda, the job's yours. I said, what, David? I just said I don't qualify. He said, Wanda, 
That's what qualifies you because you're not going to lean on your own strength. You're going to lean on the strength of God and you're going to qualify far greater than you qualify yourself because God has qualified you. So I'm expecting to hear great news, great reports and stories of how God used you because you do qualify in him like Pastor Henny had said to you. But you, yeah. <laughs> so you qualify. Okay, back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, God is teaching me to remember people. On the cruise ship, the first, well, like Henny said, we slept pretty much the whole time. And seriously, we did. Uh, I traveled with Danielle, and I was kind of shocked that she was just as tired as me. So uh, it was good to have someone just as tired as you because we could both just rest together. But at night, we would dine with, uh, at tables. And when we sat at the table the first night, there were two other couples with us. And it was kind of light talk. Where are you from? You know, how many children do you have? Da, 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 da. And we ate our meal, and that was it. The next night, we got together, and it got opened a little bit more. What's your job? Where are you doing? Uh, yada, yada. And so I started asking questions. To one couple, I said, how did you two meet? And they began to tell me their love story. And it was sweet. And then I, 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 we were getting to know them a little bit better. And then the other couple, I said, how about you? And they started to share their story. And each night we went a little bit deeper and deeper and deeper until four days later, we knew each other intimately. It was a safe place. In the dining room, if you'd walk by our table at times, all six of us would be holding hands and praying for one another. At times, we wept together. We hugged each other. They kicked us out of the dining room sometimes because we were supposed to be out at a certain time and we just didn't want to leave each other's company like kindness brings you inside somebody's life it's not just a person way out there and you're over here kindness brings you into a person's life where they have a place where they can share if they're hurting their pain, share their joys, their stories. But it opens a door that brings a new place for God to grow. I remember years ago, the Africans from Uganda were being brought into Canada because of the war there, and they were coming in as refugees. And several came to Newfoundland, and I went to church one Sunday, and there's an African girl behind me. And um, someone mentioned about me having a, a ladies' Bible study on Tuesday morning, so she kind of tapped my shoulder, and she said, I'd like to come. I said, that'd be wonderful, and she came. And she was such an asset to our group, I remember one day we all came in, it was snowing and it was hard to get our cars out and it was cold and we all walked into the Bible study complaining. 
about the weather. Someone else said, I went to the store and the lady's cash register tape ran out and I was so upset because I was afraid I would be late getting here to the prayer meeting. Anyway, Joan spoke up and she said, I don't know why you all complain so much. She said, I left Uganda, she said, and there's mornings I woke up and I had to step over bodies to go get water at the well. All of a sudden I knew, thank you God for bringing Joan into our lives, that we don't complain about the minors. We've got to go into that place of joy and Joan was one of the most joyful people I knew. Anyway, Joan, got, Joan was gonna get married. She fell in love with a, a guy at university. He, all, he was from Nigeria. And so I decided to have a wedding shower for her. And the church came with all the things for her and whatever. And Joan would see she had two blankets or she might have had, you know, extra plates or she had lots of stuff. And there were African friends there. And I watched her after she opened all her gifts. This one's for you. This one's for you. She divided all her gifts amongst all of her Uganda family. And I sat there and I cried. And she did, the kindness that came out of that girl, it just oozed out of her. She knew what it was like to find joy in the midst of the trials. She knew what it was like that when I have something and somebody doesn't have anything, that I need to share what I have. And if you've only seen the faces in that room light up, if you've only seen my church friends and that almost melt and cry and almost feel shame that we hadn't thought of something like this, but it was instant within Joan's mind that I have to be kind, I have to help. Joan, when she was getting married, they were just planning a, a simple little thing. And anyway, <laughs> I only had to hear it. And we ended up getting her wedding dress and bridal party and flowers and cake, provided a meal, and it turned into something glorious. I got the Royal Canadian Legion Women's Auxiliary to cook a meal and donate it. You know, a lot of them weren't Christians. They all sat down in the meeting and the wedding and they wept. You know, it's a movement. It's a movement. If you want to have, if you want to be the happiest church, if you want to display the joy of the Lord, if you want to be happy yourself, get involved in the movement of the kindness of God to spread his love. And you know it doesn't have to be that you've got to go looking for it. It's right in your face. You know somebody who needs a little kindness. I bet you if you just closed your eyes for a minute, you'd think of somebody who needs a little bit of kindness. It doesn't have to be like Mary Jeanette who appears to be dying right now with cancer. It could be someone who's lonely. Do you know when I was locked down for 30 days, three different people, the Lord told them to bring me flowers on Valentine's Day. 
Can you imagine three months not seeing anybody and three bouquets of roses showing up on my front step? What that did to me. It melted my heart that someone was thinking about me. That I wasn't alone. It's not that you got to go to any great expense. It's funny, I didn't know I'd be speaking today, but last night I was just flicking through my Facebook, and you know how all these little, um, little videos show up like TikTok? I don't know if it's TikTok, but little videos show up. <laughs> and it showed this pastor who dressed up like a bum. And he sat out in front of his church to see what his church people would do. They didn't do much. And then when he walked into the church, all humped over in the rotten, dirty clothes and came up and took the beard off and everything. A little kindness. Do you know my son, when he was 17 years old, thought he was going to make it big in Toronto. Him and a young boy, uh, Adam, they packed their bags and they came to Toronto. They thought they were going to do good in the music world. Well, they didn't. He ended up buskering down on Young Street so he could get enough money every day. His hair grew long. He looked like Jesus. He really looked like Jesus. He went to a bar and bumped into a guy who was so drunk, and the guy turned around. And he says, oh, it's Jesus, you know, and the guy ran out of the bar. He really looked like Jesus. <laughs> There's sons and daughters of other moms who are praying out there on the street. You know, it's so easy to pass by when people are going through that and you think, oh, they're going to use some money for drugs, they're going to use it for that. There was another video came on and this guy went up and he gave $200 to this guy who was on the street. And he decided to follow him to see what he was going to do with that $200, see if he was going to go and buy liquor and what have you. He went into a corner store and he came out with two or three bags and when he, he watched this man go back, and there's these people on the street living under canvases, and he started to give all of his buddies food. Sure, you might give it to somebody who's going to buy a bottle of liquor, but just think for a minute, God, am I to help this person? You know, I love it at an expo. Those Egyptians came, honey. I didn't know that. What the world would have missed out on if you hadn't found the Lord Jesus Christ. You've impacted the world. This man has touched nation upon nation with the love of God. When he comes through the door, you just have to see the reaction of the people. It's pure joy that Henny has come to be with them. You're going to do the same. There's going to be people that have no idea of the dreams of God that he has for them until you take that moment to be there for them.
when you become that joy giver, that kindness giver. Yes, this will be the happiest church. This will be the happiest church. It's so much fun to drive through Tim Hortons and say, don't give me the change, just pay for the coffee behind me. You know, there's, there's little things. Let me just give you a few ideas of what kindness is. Kindness is caring. It's compassionate. It shows concern. Kindness is courteous. courteous. He's courteous. I have a friend, Margie, who worked with social services, and she would get them all coming in for social services for help. And this old man came in one day, and his hands were rotten dirty, and the smell filled the office because he was so dirty. And he came up to her, and she was so kind to him. She spoke to him, but she kept He reached out and took her hand, and she wanted to pull it away. And she thought for a minute, what would Jesus do? And then all of a sudden she realized that her hand was God's hand. And she squeezed it, and he looked up and he smiled at her. And he said to her, he said, thank you for being courteous. Thank you for being kind to me. In most cases, he was probably the last person that people wanted to shine show kindness to its friendliness its gentleness its goodness its goodwill its grace is gracious its helpfulness it's your heartbeat its hospitality it's loving it's being neighborly it's being patient It's being sweet, it's being sympathetic, it's tenderness, it's thoughtfulness, it's tolerance, it's understanding, and it's unselfishness. It's the love of God wrapped up in one word, kindness. And I'm still learning what that word is. I had a waitress who was terrible on the ship. And the maitre d' called me and he said, I want to know how the service is. I didn't want to lie but I didn't want to hurt her. I said, well, I think your girls are all new. I said, I think she may need a little bit more training. I could have reeled off all the mistakes she made because she was a terrible waitress. I don't know where she was. She was in La La Land somewhere. You know, you'd ask for butter and she'd bring you mayonnaise. You know, it was like, Where's this girl's head? And this is supposed to be top service. Watch your words. 
I think there's some people this week, at least I pray, that will be touched because you came into their life. Hagar, when she was sent into the wilderness with Ishmael, God came to her and he said, I see you. Those words changed her life because she thought she was all alone. Kindness is you seeing somebody. And when you carry that love of God, it is so anointed, it's so full of everything that God has placed in you to pour into others, and it will change the world. I'm going to clue up right now. I don't know if there's anybody that, I don't know if there's such a thing. There's, there's a gift of the spirit called kindness. It's one of our gifts. Maybe I'll just ask, if we could all, if you feel to do this, stand. And let's ask God to give us a fresh partation of his love and his kindness. And I believe that will bring forth the joy, the faith, all that you need to go forward. There are so many hurting people out there. You may be hurting yourself. And I pray that as you look around here, there's bound to be someone hurting themselves here today. I pray that you will find that kindness. And I got to tell you, when you're hurting yourself and you step out and you're kind to somebody else, you start forgetting about yourself. It becomes not inward but outward, the healing. Let's just stand and we'll ask God to do that for us. You know what? Whenever I ask God for something, I always put my hands up because I want him to fill me up all over. <laughs> Just like a big basket in your hands, okay? Father God, we lift up our whole being before you right now. And Father, we ask for a fresh new baptism by the Holy Spirit to release the kindness of God from our lives into others. Father, help us not to be selfish or self-centered. Help us not, Lord, to hold back for things that may be a little hard for us to do. But God, give us the courage, the strength, and the anointing, Lord, to touch people's lives. Father, it's through your kindness and your love that we ourselves have found you. And now, Lord, may the kindness of your love flow through us so others will find you as well. Father, we give you our all. Be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you, Wanda, for the challenge, for the heart 
that's open, yours, and now, as we've heard, we're opening our hearts. Uh, I'm reminded as you were sharing of this verse in 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul talks about what love is. He says, love is patient and love is kind. Uh, you were pretty patient with that waitress, I'm sure. <laughs> right? And that's what opened the door for the kindness to flow. And uh, my prayer is that as the Lord has spoken to us, we would say yes, we would say amen. And I believe we have. And I expect that this week we're going to have opportunities for that. So we bless you. We thank you. We thank you for your heart for us. We thank you for your heart for the Lord. Uh, it amazes me when I sort of watch Wanda and walk with Wanda, the impact that she can have on shifting the course of things in a meeting, just like we saw today in, in her laughter, her joyous bubbliness. She can open up our hearts. But the Lord is using her to do that with nations as well. And uh, key leaders in different nations that we visited, whether it's in the Middle East or in last trip we were in Korea together, uh, just the way that the Lord opens hearts quietly through her. Uh, she doesn't say much, but she displays it. And uh, my prayer is that there is an impartation that takes place here today, that we would receive what she's carrying and that we would walk in the same way. What she has, she's given to us. This is the word that she's been percolating in her heart for the last three months, and she's given that to us. So I bless you. I bless you with a wonderful week. We have exciting things that the Lord is going to open for us in our day-to-day -day activities as we leave here today. Brace yourself. Watch for the opportunities that the Lord is going to provide you for expressions of kindness. Now let me warn you. She didn't tell you this, but every opportunity for kindness is also an opportunity for not so being kind, for being angry, for being impatient. It comes and it's a fork in the road, and you make that choice. She said it, but she didn't actually tell us because she just focuses on the kindness so much. But if you're still in that old mindset, you'll see the fork in the road. Right? There's always the other path of being unkind, being impatient, being angry, being resentful. That's always going to be there. But if you've set your heart, you've set your compass on the right track, it will be easier. So let's let go of the things that bind us. Let's let go of the things that are ugly. And let's just walk in the path of the Lord. So Father, I just bless Wanda. I thank you for her. I thank you for what she has given to us. We receive it, Lord. We receive your word in her and through her, and we commit to walk that way. Father, we ask you for a shift in our minds that we would see things with your eyes, that we would feel the compassion that you have for people, for the situations, for the circumstances that we face, and we say yes to you. So God bless you this week. Have wonderful opportunities to encounter his presence with you where you can experience his kindness and release his kindness into the circumstances around you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you here next week. We'll see you online, those of you online. 
Or maybe even if you can join us, that would be even better. We would love to have you here in person with us. So have a wonderful week, and may the peace of God go with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys.